Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I am Adam. And this is episode number 81. This is our Clown and a Queen episode, right, Adam? Yep. We're going to be taking a look at It Chapter 2 and then the Downton Abbey movie. Absolutely. And I think we'll have some, some things to say about both of those. But before we jump into our movie reviews... If somebody's listening to the Film Coterie for the first time, what, what is this podcast they've stumbled upon? Well, somehow you've managed to download this podcast. We're a general film podcast. Roger and I go see movies. We review them. We chat about them. Uh, we, we're on social media. We engage with people there. We want you to tell us what you're watching, what you think of what you're watching. And uh, we also cover some festivals. So right now I'm in the midst of Focal. That is the Film Festival of Columbus. And on Sunday, I leave for one of my favorite weeks of the year, Fantastic Fest, an eight-day celebration of genre film in Austin, Texas. Yeah, that should be you're, – you're actually in full-blown festival mode, my friend. I'm still working the day job, so this has been <laughs> kind of crazy this week. I've been in the theater yeah. four or five times the last three days, and that's just at night. So yep. the normal nine to five and then race over to the theater to watch one or two movies every night this week. But we love movies. We see everything, just about everything. You know, we, we're not – you know, it, it probably would be better for our podcast if we were more niche. <laughs> but, hey, we like everything, you know. We like everything from Downton Abbey to It Chapter 2. So, Well, I had to tease Roger today. There's a new podcast I saw advertised called The Horror, and it's a director, Owen Egerton, and he's got a friend that doesn't like horror movies, and he shows him <laughs> horror movies. I'm like, what's what Roger and I have been doing for three years? Never, Adam, in the over 100 episodes of this podcast— has this one been more apropos for the two hosts of this show? Yeah. <laughs> because you love horror and I love Downton Abbey. <laughs> yes. This is the podcast. This is, this is, a, this is might be our penultimate episode or whatever, <laughs> you know. We've been doing that other podcast for three years. Oh, my goodness. But I'm excited to talk about uh, those two films and uh, I'm excited about your, your, your trip out to, for festival time. That's going to be great, man. You always come back with some good nuggets and uh, maybe an eye twitch. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a lot of movies. Um, they show over eighty six features. They have a ton of shorts, and I go at it pretty hard, and I I can only manage to see about thirty or thirty two. Only thirty or thirty two <laughs> movies. That will be more movies than my wife will see the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, and I've learned when you come back. To not talk to you for like a day and a half. Decompress. <laughs> let you decompress, let you get back to the real world, and uh, and then I'll say, hey, when are we doing the podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so that is the Film Coterie. In a nutshell, I think we should jump right in and, and, uh, and get into our first film. It is Stephen King's It, Chapter 2. Why don't we listen to a little bit of it? And when we come back, we'll get into it. This is the Film Coterie Podcast. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. We made an oath. I swear. If it isn't dead. 
if it ever comes back, we'll come back too. We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. We can't let it happen again. back and we are going to be talking about it chapter two this is the follow-up to the first it that came out two or three years ago and this is the second half of the book this is the focus on the adults and their second encounter with pennywise the dancing clown chances are good you saw the first it since it smashed all the records and became one of the highest grossing horror movies of all time so the question is does it deliver does this movie carried over the finish line because there are some issues with the book um, fans of the book will know that the adult portions were not as strong as the child portions. So, Roger, I'm going to throw this to you and kind of get your early thoughts on on the series and then on this film. Well, yeah, Adam, I think both of us were pretty big fans of the first movie, you know. Yes. I liked it a lot. Um, I loved It Chapter One because it had, you know, the middle school age kids, you know, overcoming it. It's kind of a throwback to those 80s movies that I grew up on, loving um and, and, you know, it, the, the undertone for the whole film, the whole, excuse me, the whole book series and everything is the whole novel, let me say it correctly, is how do you overcome fear? Because Pennywise the clown, he feeds on your fears, you know. And so I, how could you not love a coming of age story and learning how to overcome your fears, sit in a fun horror, you know, scary boo in the night kind of film. So And nostalgic in the eighties, which yes. was thanks to Stranger Things and a few other things have been really relevant to the entertainment sphere. Absolutely. So so I, I would I not being the biggest horror fan, but you know, liking some films in the genre, really liked it chapter one. Um so that's how I came into chapter two or chapter two. And so for me, Chapter two just didn't really deliver. I got to be honest with you. I was really kind of disappointed. You know, it's like, you know, the, I, I told you before we went on the air, the kids grew up into adults and became a little less interesting. And, the, you know, Pennywise didn't grow up and they didn't, they took him out of the movie for the most part. You know, he was the best thing that kind of anchored the first movie. And you know, we resorted to a lot of CGI and, and over-the-top stuff. Now, I will say there are some scenes in It Chapter 2 that were very well shot. I mean, you know, the production value was super high. Some spooky kind of, not spooky, but creepy stuff that happens that I was like, oh, yeah, okay, it made me kind of cringe up a little bit in a good way, thinking, wow, that was done really well. But I sat through a large portion of this movie thinking, why are we here? You know, what? what's the, what's, I mean, it's just like we're kind of the slow, bloated trudge to the end, trudging forward to try to get to where the final battle. And even that was a little anticlimactic for me. Yeah, um, I wasn't a big fan of this movie either. And I, I think the interesting thing is there's actually less Pennywise. I mean, it feels like there's less Pennywise in this film, even though it's three hours. Because he takes on these different forms. I mean, he might be an old lady. He might be a leper in a basement. And they're all just built to be these jump scare scenes. And it, let's talk about the middle of the movie. It turns into a fetch it quest. Oh, yeah. Each character has to go off and get a token or an item. And you know you're in trouble after you go through one of these. 
because you're going to have to sit through this for every single character. They're all structured in a very similar fashion of, of building tension, scare. And you know these characters are safe in this moment. Until I mean, the they're going to make yeah. it to the finale. You know, they may not all survive the finale, but they're going to be fine on their fetch it quests. And it, it's, I don't know that it was an hour, but it really just kills the movie. Well, and it's a rough middle to sit yeah, through. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, one of the things that are so appealing about Stephen King novels is they're big mammoth tomes that can be 800 to 1,000 pages where he will spend 100 pages on a side character, his feelings, his thoughts, what his backstory is, and what he's going through in life and what he has to face. And people love it because they can curl up on a couch and enjoy the book, you know. But in a movie, you can't do that. You can't—it's hard to translate these books into film. And some of the criticisms of the, the book, the second half of the book, are are fully on display with It Chapter 2. Way too long, three hours. We don't need all of—you know, all six of them have to go do their little fetch-it quest, like you said. And, and, and you get the exact same formula. The first one goes on the fetch-it quest, and— Pennywise is going to show up and, and he's going to fool around and try to scare him and, and do his thing, but they're going to narrowly escape. And then we get to watch that for four or five more times, you know. Um, I will say, though, during this Fetch It quest, we got to see um, Bill Skarsgård in kind of like true form. as kind of like, you know, ha- you know in, in the Pennywise clown kind of putting the makeup on and it was haunting and scary. And I thought to myself... Why couldn't we have this as the whole movie, you know, as, yeah. you know, instead of some of the CGI stuff we got? Yeah. And I mean, Pennywise is very little dialogue until the end. I mean, I thought one of the better scenes is the scene between Pennywise and a little girl underneath some bleachers yes. where he gets to do his kind of his trap act. And I mean, at the same time that these the loser club is getting ready to face him, Pennywise is still feeding on the town. I mean, he's taking children, he's doing what he's doing, but we only see it in this one instance. Right. And the other problem that the fetch it quest, it just felt so neutered that we can see Pennywise take out an adult early in this film. It's brutal, it's gory, and it doesn't feel like he's ever trying to kill any of the members of the Losers Club until the end. Right. For whatever reason. There's just no real threat during these, this find the totem quest. Yeah, so, you know, outside of me, you know, Bill Hader is going to be, he's going to be him, he's going to be Bill Hader, you know, he's going to have some moments where you're just kind of, okay, chuckling, and yeah, you know, I get it, and, you know, and I like James McAvoy, I like Jessica Chastain, I like the, I like the cast that they put together here, you know, um, but yeah, it, it just, it just was a man, it just fell flat for me. I think one of our friends said it best right after the movie. Brooklyn said Bill Hader's back must be all messed up since he had to carry the whole movie. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. And, you know, and uh, the one kid from Stranger Things, um, uh, Finn Wolfhard, is that is that, is that his character? Yeah. 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 There was. Has he like grown? Was there yes. some de-aging stuff with there was, him? There was de-aging stuff with him. Yeah. Because he looked like kind of younger, but in a weird off-putting way. Yep. So I don't know. There's just. Hot mess is a good way to describe this, and a little bloated and a little bit long as well, too. So, um, I, you know, if you're really big fans and you, you want to catch it when it comes out on video on demand, yeah, get some popcorn and, and buckle in. But I can't really recommend you go to the theater and see it. Uh, they're just going to have to do one of those things. I mean, in our lifetime, it's going to be adapted again. I have no doubt there's going to be another adaptation of it, whether it's on TV or in the theaters. 
fix the adult part of the book. Pull Kubrick, change the movie, yes. change the book, and just find something so, more interesting to do with the adults. Adam, that brings me to my question then. You are the horror expert here. You're the guy that, if you were going to have, who would you like to see redo this series? If, you, if I said to you, oh, they're redoing it and blank is going to be doing it, what name would you put in there for blank? Do you, do you have just something off the top of your head? Well, I mean, between the miniseries and the movie, we now have two faithful adaptations-ish. Um, I guess I'd want to see something more out of the box and maybe less faithful. Man, I'm going through some names now. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm think. Sorry, I just totally, I did like the the podcast faux pas you should never do. Never put your co-host on the spot and ask him a question. <laughs> But if somebody comes to you, I mean, and maybe our Facebook family can can jump in here. If you were going to recast it with somebody who you think would would turn it upside down, who would that person be? <laughs> anyway, so I think we're both we're both going to pass on it, right? Wait for home video, and it could be interesting. The director Andy Musciati has made a comment that he does want to do a supercut of the films because he wants to follow the structure of the book this way, because in the book, it's not just the young, then the old. They're intermixed. You're getting both stories all at once, and that may really save the film, especially if things are broken up, like the quests or with the characters when they're younger. Um, Tarantino recently did this on Netflix, where he's taken Hateful Eight, and he's recut it, or someone recut it, and he approved it into a miniseries, where I think if you had five hours of this It film supercut and he broke it into five one-hour episodes, I would definitely check it out again to see if the remix was better than just It, Chapter 2, all alone. Yeah, okay, yeah. You might get me, I don't know, you might get me for an hour, and if they, the first episode, and if it really grabs me, I might stick with it, but I, it'd be a hard sell for me. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for It, Chapter 2. Why don't we change gears and travel back in time? to Downton Abbey, 1927 in England. And uh, let, let's listen in to a little bit of Downton Abbey. And when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts. You're listening to The Film Coterie. Castle. A lady, please come in. This is an honor. I don't want to be a nuisance, but I need your help, Carson. Barrow just isn't up to the task. Milady? He won't clean the silver, or he won't let Andrew clean it. What? He says the page of the thingamy will choose which pieces to use. I see. The truth is, he's in a sort of trance. Won't you help me? I feel I'm pushing a rock uphill. I'll be there in the morning, my lady. Don't you worry. You're a treasure, Carson. That's all there is to say. I'll see myself out. You could never refuse her anything. <laughs> All right, and we are back. And, of course, in true fashion, I, I asked Adam a question on the spot, and during the break he came up. I asked him if you were going to turn, because we were both meh on it, right? If you were going to recast it, who would you who would you hire to do it to turn the series upside down, and who would you come up with in the break? The name I, I couldn't come up with would have been Fede Alvarez because I liked what he did with the Evil Dead remake. He took the heart and soul of it. He did his own thing. I think he could do an interesting it. And with Don't Breathe and some other stuff he's done, um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Dragon's Web movie he did. 
but like I said, I'd like to see that kind of indie craft just brought into it. It would have been meaner and scarier there you in go. Fede Alvarez's hands. Cool. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's go back to 1927 and Downton Abbey. Of course, how could you not know what Downton Abbey is? But in case you've been, you know, cloistered for the last six, seven years, Downton Abbey was the BBC super hit world phenomenon TV series that my wife and I got hooked into. My wife hooked into it and then she hooked me into it. And so there were six seasons about... Uh, the Crawley family and this wonderful castle in uh, England, and their their goings on in the early turn of the 20th century, um, and so they had such a successful run that they said, "Hey, let's let's not make another Christmas." Because what they would do with Downton Abbey was they would do a short BBC series, you know, and then they would do uh, a Christmas movie. But instead of doing a Christmas movie, they said. Why don't we cash in and just make a major motion film? And they have. And we went to an early fan screening tonight because there were so many people, they booked a second theater. And so we were able to get in. So early buzz is, I think this is going to be a smash hit. Well, you know, this is an interesting model because HBO has recently done a movie for Deadwood. And they did not release it theatrically. They just put it on their service. So this could have been just a TV event. They're taking a roll of the dice here, and they're thinking that audiences will pay for this and come for the theatrical experience. <coughs> and I think it's going to work out for them. I, there is some buzz around this. I mean, yeah, I know, I know, family members that really wanted to see this, and you know, your wife Rhonda was excited oh, yeah. about this. The you fans, know. I think, are going to come out and actually see it in the theater instead yeah. of just waiting for it to hit Netflix or wherever. And and for the most part, all of the cast is back. Maggie Smith, of course, and Michelle Dockery, and. And, you know, uh, all the gang, the, 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 the waiting staff, and then all of the family, uh, minus Mary's husband, who mysteriously was in Chicago at an auto show. And, and maybe maybe we'll or we're not make a late last minute appearance. <laughs> I don't know if we do we want to get into spoilers on Downton Abbey, Adam? I, I don't know. They may knife you in the street. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, um, so I guess, you know, you and I come at this from two different perspectives. I've seen every single episode of Downton Abbey more than once, I would say, because when it's on, my wife will sit down and we'll have to watch it again, you know. Now, I've only ever seen the first season. I actually started this show before it was streaming. I, this was the last show I ever had on DVD. If you remember the ancient times. Oh, my goodness. When you used to get excited to get a Sopranos box set because you didn't have HBO and you're going to burn through all 13 episodes. Yep. Uh, that's how I saw Downton Abbey. It was a double DVD. Get out of here. Yeah. I saw the first season that way. And it wasn't for I didn't like it. I just never got back into it for various reasons. Right. Yeah. But it, it's now available on the streaming services somewhere. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, and, I, uh, yeah. So tonight, thankfully, since it was a fan event, we got a nice 10-minute recap. So now I know everything about Downton Abbey. <laughs> so, so if you go in, do you think they're only going to do that for the fan event? I'm sure yeah. they won't do that regular release. Nope, that was probably a fan event thing only. Yeah, absolutely. So what can we say about Downton Abbey? You're going to get, it, it, you know, the best way I can sum it up was, was it fun? Yes. Is there high stakes involved? No. But there never was high stakes involved in the show. I mean, there was you know, kind of a little bit of melodrama at times. A little Um, (laughs) melodrama. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm simplifying. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, there, you know, there wasn't any big, even this movie, this is a, my wife put it best, who loves Downton Abbey. She said, why didn't they just make a Christmas movie and release it on TV? And I told her the answer is money. <laughs> there's too much, there's too much money and it's too easy to just shoot a movie and make more money and then go on with your life. Yeah, so she was really just questioning the price of the tickets, though. You know, if you're an, if you're an average moviegoer, you're spending twenty for tickets for the two of you, right? Maybe some concessions. Is it worth it? I mean, that's up to you guys. But overall, I I think the impression after the movie was everyone enjoyed it. Now, and thought it was well put together. I have something I need to say on the podcast that I'm sorry if this gives offense to anybody. Adam's looking at me already. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I'm clueless. No, I, I had I had to have some fun because one of the things there's now going to be I think the Downton Abbey phenomenon because it brought out people who who clearly had not been to the theater in a long time. Yeah, I know where you're going though. <laughs> you know, and so I say this in jest. I say this to, to be fun because my wife is a once every two or three years go to the theater person. You know, so I can say this with love. But you know, we had people that were had not clearly had not been to the theater in a long time that were taking pictures of the concession stands and taking selfies by the soda stands. And, you know, I had to chuckle and they had trouble finding which of the two theaters it was in, you know, and uh, I thought I take for granted because I go to the theaters all the time. But these folks, for some of them, this was an event for them. You know, they probably had their they probably had their dinner and then they went to their movie to see Downton Abbey. Now, I, I, we talked about this, and I don't think you're going to have this problem with the normal release, but our resolution was off. There were scenes, especially with the darker colors that were really fuzzy, it looked like they were streaming it. So I wonder if this was like a Fathom event or something where it wasn't actually downloaded to the actual theater. It was some kind of stream. I just can't say it for sure, but the projection was off in a in a kind of a downgraded yeah. way. Yep. Well, I, you know, I have been, I stream a lot of stuff from home and, you know, on Amazon Prime or Netflix. And you know how when you've got a little bit of a, it's just not a great connection, the blacks will get real fuzzy. It did the same thing in our theater as well. Yeah, too. that's what so, made me wonder if this yeah, was actually so, a stream tonight. So I'm thinking it, it very well possibly could have been a streaming and maybe they'll get the actual prints next week. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, but, it was not a crisp picture. And so, yeah, but I mean, hey, it was Downton Abbey and. And, you know, it was fun. It gave you the streaming experience in the theater. Gave me the streaming experience in the theater. And I will just say this. I got my Mosley moment. There, there is, just, just be ready, there is a Mosley moment in the film. And um, that was the one big laugh in our theater. Uh, and it's well worth it. It was very well done. I didn't see any Downton gear. Do people have T-shirts for this? Is it, I don't know the fandom. No, Downton gear would have been button downs and... <laughs> You know, uh, three-piece suits and, the, you know, the whole nine yards. So yeah. It was fun to see. It was definitely an older crowd. Um, the crowd was very into it. All the jokey moments hit. Oh, laughs. yeah. I don't think they yeah. had a single miss. Um, with the, all the actors, they f- slid right back into their roles. I didn't see yeah. any. Granted, like I said, I've only seen the first season, but they were all natural. They were just right back in their character. I don't think anyone was. It's like Harrison Ford coming back to play Indiana Jones where you're not sure you can do it. There's no worries here. Everyone nailed their marks. Yep, I would agree. Absolutely. So if I would say if you're a fan of the series, make a date night of it and go to the theater and see it. I would recommend it. You know, if you like Downton Abbey, you're going to like the movie. And the scope is bigger. You're having a royal visit. So I think that may justify the jump to film. Yeah. 
Maybe so. But the I think the more interesting take from this film is, will we get another Downton Abbey movie? If this movie makes, I don't know, 50 million, 40 million, you know, goodness gracious, 60, 70 million, and is a huge hit for, you know, will we get Downton Abbey 2 or Downton Abbey 3? Yeah, I'm just curious. Well, it's not just this series. I think a lot of the networks are going to be watching this because the Breaking Bad movie is coming straight from Netflix, I do believe. They haven't announced any theaters. Now, some theaters may show it concurrently, but it's not going to have a early theater run or anything like that. So I think some other shows like that where fans would want another chapter are going to see if this model is sustainable. Yeah. Will people come out, get off their couch, and pay the $10 to see it in the theater? Or are they going to wait and, and just stream it from home? So there's a lot of shows like that. I mean, you could think of how many have gone off the air, like another Firefly. I know they did the one movie. Oh, yeah. But this is just something for networks to look at. Yeah. And you know, like we said, HBO had their Deadwood. You but know. they went right to the but stream. It, but but it, it was right streaming right from the <laughs> service. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if this moves the needle in any way. So that would be the fun fun part. And you know what? If you Like I said again, if you like the show – it's a, it's a, you'll you'll enjoy it's the same same kind of beats the same kind of moments you're going to get from the TV show you get in the movie so um, so I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, Downton Abbey uh, when we come back we'll do a quick segment just kind of talk about anything else we've seen that we've enjoyed maybe and kind of do a rapid fire there and then kind of what's coming up uh, on 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 our you know in the weeks to come so you are listening to the Film Coterie podcast. We'll be right back after the music. And we're back, and this is kind of our coming attractions and kind of little side shots of what we've been watching. I've only seen actually one other film, Adam, and that was a screener from IFC uh, Official Secrets, which is coming out, I think, um, man, if it's not out already, it's coming out, you know, I think here shortly here in September. Um, and it stars Kira Knightley, and um, it, it is the... It's the true story of a, of a British whistleblower who leaked information to the press, you know, about an Ill, about an illegal NSA operation designed to push the UN Security Council into sanctioning the 2003 invasion of Iraq. It's basically they were waffling, if you remember back to the time, whether there was weapons of mass. Did, did Saddam have weapons of mass destruction? If he did not, and there was no proof, there's no reason to really go in, and they needed a UN resolution. And um, supposedly, according to this film, um, the United States said, hey, if you can dig up any dirt on these six countries, do so so we can pressure them, you know, Tony Blair and uh, President George W. Bush, so we can pressure them into voting for U.N. sanctions for us to go in. This, you know, it, it's, it's, it was good, very well acted, um, not not as much tension as there, I think there could have been maybe or there really was there was just there wasn't a whole lot of real just drama so and and the pace was a little slow but the acting was really solid Kira Knightley plays you know she 
she throws off her hoop skirt and her, you know, she likes to play a lot of period pieces and stuff. And she, you know, takes on a modern, a modern role. She plays an intelligence officer. Um, that's a linguistic. And uh, yeah, it, it was pretty good. I, you know, it was, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. How about um, you, Adam? What, what? So that was official secrets with Kira Knightley. Um, it was an, it's an IFC release. So. Yeah, and then I I caught two films this week at Film Festival of Columbus. The first one is Bliss from Joe Bagos. I wanted to see that. Uh, psychedelic vampire movie, much in the vein of maybe a Gaspar No film. Very yeah. kinetic. Uh, lots of cool visuals. Just pounding soundtrack the whole time. This movie's got an awesome energy to it, where it keeps it moving, um, and kind of explores the self destruction of art. This lady is feeding. She's doing whatever she can to make this one painting. And she's spiraling out. Is she a vampire? Is she not? They raise some questions. Um, but just such a hyper film. Very fun theatrical experience with the soundtrack cranked all the way up. Still on the festival circuit. I think it's going to hit VOD here in October. And that's called Bliss. And it's from Joe Bagos. Uh, the second film I saw was Harpoon. This is a horror comedy about three people on a boat. I love it already. I had a lot of fun with this one. It's very funny. takes a lot of twists and turns. Uh, a guy takes his two friends out on the boat. He's convinced his best friend is sleeping with his girlfriend, and he's going to confront him. It gets bloody. It gets twisty. Very funny. And it, it has the right amount of darkness in it just to make it a very memorable film. Excellent. So those are a couple, three side shots there. You're heading off to... Uh... You're finishing Film Festival of Columbus this weekend, and then you're heading Late out. Late night Saturday. Oh, my gosh. I'm very excited to see um, Mope and then The Death of Dick Long, which I've been looking forward to a long time, from one of the Daniels from Swiss Army Man. Nice. And then early Sunday, I'm off to Fantastic Fest. All right. So definitely follow along, because at Fantastic Fest, yes. I'll be doing capsule reviews on our Instagram, yes. our Twitter, and our Facebook. Absolutely. And our handle on all of those is just at filmcoterie. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Just like Adam said, we are at Film Coterie on all the social medias. Follow along and get his impressions of uh, the film festival circuit. If you get a chance, we mentioned It, Chapter 2 in Downton Abbey. Take a stab. Let us know what you think. And, uh, get you know, reach out to us on social media. Say, hey, we don't bite. We're friendly. We enjoy it. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We'll see you next time on another episode of the Film Coterie Podcast.